Hey there, and welcome to the Fantasy Fantasia Podcast, a podcast where a bunch of theater nerds gather around and play various tabletop role-playing games, such as Dungeons and Dragons, Monster Hearts, Monster of the Week, Call of Cthulhu, and more. This podcast was only made possible by the Arts, Cultural, and Heritage Fund in Windsor, Ontario, so big thanks to them. My name is Eric Branchett, and I will be your Master of Ceremonies for tonight's episode of Undergrad, A Monster Hearts Tale. Previously on Undergrad, A Monster Hearts Tale. Sorry, was somebody saying how amazing Kane is? Um, I think that you're just a no good, miserable tryhard. You really are a tryhard, aren't you? But, uh, you're cute. Listen, there's this really lame party. Well, it's only lame because, like, nobody goes, but that's kind of what's fun about it. You can do whatever the hell you want, you know? So, why don't you, why don't you meet me there tonight? Evelyn Reed Wilson. I can tell that you are not working as hard as you should be. And she pulls out her pen and she like double clicks and writes on a notepad. And I am watching everything, Miss Evelyn. Maybe I'll see you around. Oh, yeah, that that sounds good. Nice to meet you, Nick. Get back to work! There was a folded up little pamphlet. And on the pamphlet it said, want to join? And you open up the pamphlet and it is a little invitation to the welcome mixer. Zach, what do we see? Oh my god, did you honestly steal the biggest pot plant in the world? No, but you know what? I'm sure with a little TLC, it could be the biggest pot plant in the world. Oh, look at these assholes here! My name is Johan von Bus. You know what would be a real fucking dick move? What? If we systematically slept with every one of his friends. Dr. Egan! Has anyone told you that you work way too damn hard? Ugh. <sighs> Good lord, Jeremy. You scared me. I want to know your deepest desire. The only thing is, I need a little something from you in return. I need your blood. All you remember is that you came by to help me with some research. Do you understand? Yes, mistress. (laughs) Good boy. So that brings us to Iris. You are scheduled for a shift, a orientation shift. There is a little job that your aunt has set you up with at a place called Coffee Bob's. You head to the most expensive dorm, which is the treetop dorm. You walk in and you just hear like, you know, the beautiful sound of classical music and a butler runs up to you and goes, excuse me, uh, madam, would you like some hot towels? He like snaps his fingers and you see like a little pony like comes out of of the entrance. (laughs) What? He's like, please. Please get, oh please get on the pony, madam, and it will bring you to your room. It is trained to know where to go. She just turns back around, so she's laying in the hot tub, and then she just goes, oh gosh, I'm so happy I'm here. Your phone begins to ring, and your answering machine just goes, Oh, uh, uh, hello, is this, is this Iris? This, this is Coffee Bob here, and it's, there's, there's a lot of students, and, and you were supposed to be here, like, I, the, the, the message clearly said, please show up 30 minutes before the orientation shift. Oh, this is okay. I'll get you your oxygen. And the phone just cuts off. Oh, my lord. Chapter 2. Welcome to Oakhurst. There is a dark and dank room. 
Rats can be heard scurrying in the corners of the darkness. The walls, peeling paint, and destroyed brick are the only thing that keep the elements out of this room. It's cold and dripping water everywhere. The only source of light in this room are what seem like 50 dancing lights. It is a TV wall. Stacked on top of each other, this massive TV wall all show different things. On one, we see a massive room with servants running around. The other, we see outside topiary gardens. The other, we see a simple room with paintings. A lone being sits in a chair, staring at them. A mask covering the individual's face is the only thing that the light has to dance off as his dark tuxedo absorbs the rest of the light. He sits there, quietly watching, quietly preparing. Tonight is his night. Tonight, he fixes all the wrongs. Tonight, he saves Oakhurst. And welcome back to Undergrad, a Monster Hearts Tale, part of the Fantasy Fantasia podcast, brought to you by Tall Tale Theater Collective. Welcome back our players and our audience for day two. A wild first day is right. I'm excited for number two. <laughs> <laughs> so who's ready to go back to college? Who's ready to go back to the 90s? Oh yeah. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Let's go to a party. In some ways, I never left. <laughs> let's go to Kane. Kane, how would you like to spend your short time before you meet up at the social mixer so kane has been walking around the other booths just kind of taking a look at people and what's going on but then he kind of realizes she the girl he was talking to he's like oh that that girl with the red hair was really something she, and he's like she said to change i and then he re- he thinks back to his dorm that he came from, and there is nothing in his closet. He didn't bring anything with him. The only thing he has with him is this bag and, like, a pen and a notebook that he picked up from booths. Like, he literally has nothing. I, th- I think what Kane might actually do is he's going to head back to his dorm, and he's going to start knocking on his neighbor's doors to see if anyone can kind of lend him an outfit for the night. Okay, cool. So you go back to the treetops, and it's just as lavish and extravagant as Iris's room is, except instead of a hot tub, uh, what you have is like a little outdoor uh, fireplace tiki center. Ooh, nice. Nice. (laughs) And I kind of just breathe in the smell of those like tiki torches going like, God, I love this place so much. (laughs) All right. uh, And I kind of... Uh, cross through my dorm and lock my door behind me and I go, hmm, well, time to put on the charm. And he walks to the dorm to his left and he just knocks, knocks, knocks on it. The door opens up. You're looking at a young student with a dark complexion, dark hair, and these dark brown eyes kind of looking at you with a, a very pleasant smile on. Howdy, neighbor, how's it going? Welcome. Wow. Huh. Uh. Hey, my, my name is Kane, and uh, I'm your next next door neighbor. Um, I'm no shit. My name's Abel. Abel. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. oh fuck, Kane and Abel, of course. You fucking heathen! <laughs> I grew up Roman Catholic. Jesus. <laughs> Abel, man, great to meet you. And he kind of goes to give him like a bro hug. Anyway, um, 
I was, I'm gonna be going to the mixer tonight, that welcome mixer, but I kinda need a change of clothes and looking to impress a certain lady, and I was wondering if you might have something that I could be able to borrow for tonight. Yeah, man, I got an extra suit if you want it. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's kinda small on me. I don't know. It might fit you. Is it that, that formal of a thing? Should I, should I have come better prepared? I don't know. I mean, again, no one really goes, so you kinda just set the tone, you know? Sh sure, let's take a look at the suit then. All right, dress for success. I like this guy. So, what's uh, what's your major, pal? I'm majoring in film, actually. Dude, no way. I love Citizen Kane. Yeah, it's been the talk of the town, man. Like, <laughs> it's great. And I think I think my mom named me after it because like she loves film too and stuff. I I think it's just like I don't know, thing. Bro, that's crazy. Hey, what's your opinion on Rosebud? And we're gonna, that, that's where the camera fades, fades, fades to black there. He kind of puts his finger up and he's just like out of loss of words. <laughs> Our camera is now going to pan back to Evelyn. You have just wrapped up your shift at the library. It is now five o'clock, and you know that the welcome mixer begins just around eight. So what would you like to do? I am going to head back to my dorm and start getting ready for the mixer. Okay, so you head back to your dorm, which um, for the listeners at home, the dorm that you have chosen is Roots, which is the least expensive dorm on campus. Yes, Evelyn does not come for money. <laughs> yes. So as you you know that Roots is a little bit off the beaten path. So as you go near the back of the campus, which is actually closer to the forest and the lake, um, it's, it's not within sight, but it's, it's closer that way up north. And you head to what looks like an army bunker. It's got bars on all the windows. Um, there's graffiti on most of it, and you actually see someone as you're walking it up to your dorm, you see someone with a TV in their hands running out as someone's like, hey, that's my TV! And they're, they're having a chase down the path as the thief runs away with the tube TV that he's stolen from the room with the cord still dragging on the ground. Evelyn pulls her backpack <laughs> closer to her as she walks towards the building and is definitely... Looking around on high alert. <laughs> so as you make your way up to the door, a big burly student walks up to you and goes, fifty dollars for access. I'm pretty sure I didn't have to pay that the last time I entered the building. <laughs> well, rules change. Fifty dollars. I'm sorry, but I don't have that much money. Well, how much do you have? I've got five. Perfect. That's just as much as it costs to get in. How convenient. You know what? Actually, I spent $5 on lunch today. I don't think I have any. I'm sorry. So if I picked you up and shook you upside down, I wouldn't see any money come out, eh? No, but I don't see why you'd want to pick me up and shake me. That seems pretty undignified. Are you calling me undignified? He, like, spits and snorts. <laughs> no, I meant that I would look undignified if you did that mm. you obviously don't look like an undignified type of person you know not like the type of person who would be asking people for money to enter a building your line of reasoning has clearly confused him somewhat i guess that makes sense mm. he's just kind of thinking and not even paying attention to, to, 
to you right now. You you've locked his limited brain capacity up in this thought. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go to my dorm now. Bye. He's still trying to figure out your problem as you sneak in. So you sneak in and you see that most of the walls are like yellow cigarette stained. There are some uh, pockets of mold kind of here and there. And uh, you see that there is a beaver sized rat that's chasing one of a freshman through uh, one one of the wings. (laughs) And and they're just like, no, as uh, because they're holding a candy bar and the rats like going after the candy bar. I grab the candy bar from their hand and chuck it far away so that the rat chases it. <laughs> like I, I throw it, I throw it like outside so the rat chases it outside. Yeah, the, the rat just scurries and you hear the big guy up front go, "Holy shit!" and he, he freaks out at this giant rat running through. And then I say to the person, "I'm so sorry," and here's a dollar for another candy bar. Oh, like you saved me! I hate rats, especially ones that are the size of trains. Yeah. What are those things doing here anyways? You'd think they would have better janitorial services. Oh, there, there, there's no janitor here. It's kind of like a communal effort. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just kind of take turns. He, he points and you see that there's like a, a like cleaning up to-do list and no one has signed <laughs> their name in for any oh. of the days. Okay. Nice to see the community spirit in the storm. I'm just gonna continue up to my room, trying to get there as quickly as possible before I see any more rats. Yeah, absolutely. So you get to your room and you open it up and uh, your room is probably, it's a single room. You're not sharing it with anyone, but the kind of flip side of that, so it's like, hey, you got your own room. It's also probably about, let's say 10 by seven. So you have a walk-in closet essentially. Oh, okay. As as your room, there is, uh, you don't even have a kitchen. You have an outlet for a hot plate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what else is in there? Like a bed and a bedside table and a, is there a desk? Yeah. Uh, so it, it's a cot. You have a cot. Um, it's okay. not a bed. It's a, it, it's, it's a rusty <laughs> cot that like every time you lay on it, it just squeaks really uncomfortably. And your, your desk is essentially just a like a, a, a table that you picked up from outside with all of your stuff on it um so it doesn't really have any drawers or anything like that and like i said there's there's a hot plate and the bathroom is like you can't you can't sit on the toilet and open the door like there's just not enough room for your legs so you kind of have to like shimmy and, and squeeze yourself in the bathroom whenever you want to use it okay she's tried to make it as homey as she can she has um a quilt that her grandma made her on the bed. It's white and green and yellow squares on it in like an intertwining circle pattern. Other than that, her room is pretty plain. She just has her textbooks on her desk and she has two framed photographs on her desk. Uh, One is a picture of her and her grandmother and one is a picture of her parents. Wonderful. And I would assume that you probably have on on, on your desk as well, there's probably a little bit of the of, of your side work, there might be some kind of things there. I keep that in a box oh, under my bed. <laughs> wonderful. Okay. Okay. So yes. so it's hidden under your bed. Okay. So you are there, and uh, surprise, Steph, I'm going to give you something. You hear oh. as your as your black cat kind of skirts out of the bathroom and, and runs its head against your leg. 
She just picks up the cat and hugs it and said, oh, after the day I've had, I am so happy to see you. The cat just aggressively licks your face with its coarse tongue. Thank you, Whiskers. Eric, you just made Steph's day. Yeah. <laughs> you have. You really just have. made Steph's day. <laughs> Thanks, Whiskers. Aww. Here, I'll get you some food, and then I've got to get ready for the party. <laughs> no, you can't go with me. I'm sorry. you got to stay here. <laughs> you wouldn't like the party. It's too noisy, and there's too many people. Uh, get Whiskers some food and uh, refill her water dish. Um, look in the clothes I brought with me and pull out my favorite uh, forest green dress. Cool. So I'm going to say that the the fanciest of your clothes are probably hand-me-downs. So this green dress did yeah. belong to your grandmother. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It was from her and she helped me make a little bit of modifications to it to try to make it look a little bit more stylish, but it definitely is not what people would consider to be stylish. So as you're getting dressed, Whiskers meow, is kind of pawing at your dress and you pet him and he seems satisfied with that. Okay, good. Yeah, she just keeps petting him as she finishes getting ready for the party tonight. Wonderful. Our camera goes uh, dark and opens back up on a very fancy dorm and a steaming hot tub. <laughs> we see Iris, who is still in the hot tub. Iris, your answering machine is flashing with 13 messages. Oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> Honest, honestly, Iris probably didn't stay in the hot tub super long because okay. her attention span is not that long. So she probably stayed in it for a good 20, 25 minutes, then has been emptying her bags onto the floor. Probably still her overalls are near the hot tub. She probably hasn't put them on yet. And uh, yeah, she notices the blinking light and she goes over to the phone and she just starts tapping on the blinking light. And you hear a voice say, you have 13 messages. <gasps> For me? Okay. <laughs> to play messages, press one. <gasps> one, gotcha. She presses one. Cool, so you press one and you, you just hear, um, I, this is a coffee pop you're calling, <gasps> and, and I just want to make sure you get, and, and the phone cuts out, <gasps> and you're, coffee pop again, just making sure that, could you really go to so many kids? <laughs> Iris runs, grabs her overalls, puts them on, uh, forgets her shoes, and just starts running, uh, she runs out the door to her dorm, realizes she could should have closed it goes back closes the door and without shoes on and just the overalls just starts running down the hallway <laughs> <laughs> so you run uh down the hallway and out of the dorm and you know that the coffee shop is in fact in the town of oak haven so it's probably going to be about a 30 minute um <laughs> go ahead for oh, you no. <laughs> oh my god luckily um, with her fairy energy, Iris has energy to burn. So, yeah, she's just gonna make a run for it unless she finds a different option. She feels so bad right now. Yeah, I mean, I think with your fairy energy, you probably get there within, like, ten minutes. Like, you're probably hustling. And she's probably hardly winded. I would assume that you probably take the forest there. 
100%. Yeah, you you almost get the feeling that, like, the grass and the dirt of the forest is trying to help you move faster, and it's almost, like, helping you move quicker through, and maybe some spots that would be muddy aren't as muddy as they used to be, and paths that are crooked straighten up for you a little bit, and just kind of the forest responds to you. Right, right, and the whole time she's just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and she's just saying it over and over again as she's running. You finally arrive in Oak Haven. It is a relatively small town with a main street that has a bunch of small artisanal shops. So you see that there is a clothes boutique, there is a fancy Italian restaurant, there is a bar, and of course there is Coffee Bob's. You see the sign that says Coffee Bob's, finest coffee. That's it. (laughs) Does it say that's it at the end of the sign? Yeah, it definitely does. It just says finest coffee, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. She just runs into the coffee shop and yells, I'm sorry. So you burst into the coffee shop and it's packed with people. Right. And you just hear Coffee Bob in the uh, up in the front going, Oh, can I just have uh, everyone make an orderly line, please? Oh, go! And it's just breaking down as these students are literally fighting each other for cups of coffee. Bob! 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 It's me! It's Iris! I'm so sorry! And she just runs up to Bob and gives him a huge hug. And she's like, I'm so sorry! It's me! It's Iris Greenwood! I'm so sorry! He's very sweaty. Um, (laughs) And very, very nervous and frantic. He looks and he goes, Oh my god, you're finally here! Do you know how long it's been since I've been waiting for you? I called you like 13 times! I'm so sorry! There was a hot tub and sin pony and a butler and a carrot sand. I'm so sorry! I'm so sorry! Please don't fire me! Give me a chance! I could do great work! I really want this job! I think it'll be a lot of fun and I want to know what humans do! Here, coffee, and she starts grabbing coffee beans and holds them in her hands up to him. <laughs> uh, listen, I, you're, if, if you feel confident, you can just start taking orders because I'm pretty sure that my blood pressure is peaking right now and I can hear colors. <laughs> I can hear colors too. Okay, yeah, 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 I can do the orders. I can do the orders. Um, and she just she's holding the coffee beans and puts them into Bob's 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 hand. Wow, words! <laughs> and says, "Yeah, orders. Um, 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 paper, pencil." And she she finds them and she's like, "Okay, I can do orders. I can do orders." So so you run up to the counter and someone goes, "Excuse me, I have been waiting for a skinny latte for about five fucking hours." Hi, I'm Iris. Skinny latte. Got it. I'm taking orders. And she starts writing. <laughs> <laughs> I, my order's already been taken. Where's my skinny latte? Skinny latte. Um, the, um, Bob? <laughs> Bob, Bob is, Bob is not in the kitchen anymore. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, skinny latte, skinny latte, got it. She looks for the most colorful jug of something. The most <laughs> colorful jug. Yeah, yeah. so they're, they're, it's like blue Caraco. Skinny latte. Got it. Coming up. She pours some of that into uh, <laughs> a cup and then grabs some of the coffee beans and throws them in and hands it to her. She goes, um, you know what? I, I waited. I'm, this is fine. And she just kind of like walks away. Enjoy. Have a nice day. 
Hi, I'm Iris. I'm taking orders. Extra large hot chocolate, please. <laughs> hot chocolate. Yep. Um, yeah, hot chocolate. Uh, didn't, um, this? And she points to the thing that she just gave the other girl, the whatever that was. That's blue, blue Caraco. I would like hot chocolate, please. Do you see hot chocolate anywhere? I'm new. He points to the hot chocolate dispensary where it says hot chocolate. <laughs> do you mind, um, uh, do you mind showing me how to make hot chocolate? And she just bats her eyes at him. I I'm going to have you roll to manipulate someone, please. What would that be, Eric? Oh, hold on. It's, it's hot. Oh, oh, gosh. Then that's a, that's a 12. Oh boy, okay. So they do what you want if you give them a bribe, a threat, or a motive. So, uh, You just seem so capable, and if you helped me, I would be so eternally grateful. And she just leans over and gives him a little kiss on the cheek. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if I, guess if I can be of help. <laughs> really? Oh, thank you so much. I'm Iris. I'm Josh. Josh, I really like that name, Josh. Hey, if you could come and help me, I'm just going to take the next person's order, okay? Okay. He throws up an apron, and he, he hands you an apron. He's like, you should probably wear this, right? Sure, Josh. Yeah, we'll be matchy-matchy. And then she grabs a flower from her hair again and puts it into uh, behind his ear and says, hmm, you look adorable. Okay, orders. Um, Hi, I'm Iris. Can I take your order? As you are uh, taking orders, you hear a bunch of students kind of um, kick open the door and they go, hey, welcome mixer party! And they just throw <gasps> a bunch of flyers everywhere and they run out. Your coffee, Bob, go, oh no, the flyer people already! <laughs> it's okay, Bob, I got them, I got them! And she runs up and starts, um, she was literally in the middle of an order with someone and she runs away from them and starts picking up all the flyers. And they're all the same flyer, and you see that they say, Welcome Mixer this evening, 8 p.m. at the Welcome Building. Hey, Josh, what's a mixer? Uh, I, I don't know. It's some, like, lame-ass party where, you know, a bunch of the faculty and students get together. It not really goes anymore, but I don't know. Oh, uh, a party? Yeah, Did I mean, you just I say party? You mean, like, where humans get together and drink and dance and have fun and frolic? It's like a party in, like, the loosest term possible. <gasps> but it's a party! And she holds the pamphlet up to her chest, and she's like, I've always wanted to go to a human party! Oh, this is so exciting! Oh, uh, she looks at it to see the time. Uh, from where you are, it's, uh, six. Bob, Bob, hey, um... What time does the shift end? Because I really want to go to this party, and Josh and I have been working really hard. Uh, I mean, we we close in, in like, t two hours. Oh, okay, great. Perfect. Bob, this is going to be the best day ever. Oh, oh my blood pressure. Oh. Bob, go sit down. Josh and I got this. Hey, Josh, oh. how's that order coming? Uh, he, he, he goes, he goes, skinny latte, quadruple espresso on the side and bagel coming up. And he like dings a bell. You don't even know where the bell came from. And he like slides it up to, to, to the customers. He goes, I think I'm getting the hang of this. Josh, you're doing great. This is, this, this is so exciting. I'm working. <laughs> this is amazing. And our camera then fades we are going to pick up with Dr. E. So do you want to just kind of briefly explain your your sex move and how we kind of slightly customized it? 
Yes. So um, my sex move. So initially, the, um, the the rules of the book says when you deny deny someone sexually, you gain a string on them, and then when you have sex with someone, you lose all strings on them. So um, this particular uh, faculty member is sort of my regular let's put it that way (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of convenient to have somebody because um you know being a researcher of blood i get my uh my meals in in you know in little pre-packaged uh containers uh, for my quote-unquote research but occasionally i do like to have some fresh blood so it's nice to have him sort of you know on call um so uh but I can also have, um, I can also do this with other people too, but, uh, so what, what happens is I kind of maintain one string on him so I can use my string if I need to kind of convince him to, to, um, let me feed on him. But then, um, when, so when I, when I, and so the, the feeding is in place of the sex act because she is a very old vampire and after, you know, several hundred years, you kind of lose interest in, in human things. And so the, uh, feeding becomes her sex act and so that's I would lose all the strings on the person but um, I would then gain a string back because I you know his interest is obviously sex and so I'd be denying him that so I kind of gain it back. exactly so we kind of morphed the rules together also just in game to give the vampire uh, also just a more alluring quality that the idea is that once you're mm-hmm. done with the vampire you want to go back so so there's always mm-hmm. that string that she's always going to have net one string basically against Dr. Egan you and Dr. Jeremy Renner have just <laughs> finished your little intimate session here Mm-hmm. Yes. And so directly after the deed is done, what okay. what happens? Uh, let's see. So afterwards, I lead him out of the room and I, right before he exits the, the door to the office, I just look at him again and I say, now remember, you will not remember anything about what we just did, but you would like to come back perhaps next week? Yes, I think I could clear my calendar for another second opinion. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) So then the the trigger for the hypnosis move is that she kind of closes the door on him. So like the closing the door is when his memory gets wiped. Oh, I love that. So yeah, so she opens up the door and kind of, you know, gently but purposely pushes him out (laughs) into the hallway. Before you slam the door. He, okay. he actually goes, wait, one moment, please. Uh, yes. I... Another, another round? <laughs> no, no, I, I'm quite woozy. You, you really oh. drained me. <laughs> you might want to stop off at the uh, vending machines to get yourself a drink. Hmm? <laughs> I will do. Listen, um, I... Oh, jeez, I'm nervous. I... I know that you are married to your work, mm. but, you know, maybe maybe some, some fun might be nice. Do you... Do you mm. want to go to the welcome mixer with me? Oh, that thing. Uh, you know how much I hate the mixer. It's just a bunch of undergraduates running around and, and, and getting high and, and getting all excited about the classes. I know, um, I, I know, but... 
you know, the dean of students asked me to be there and bring friends and uh, to call him my friend is a gross overstatement, oh, but so he yes. wants us more faculty to go. Oh, but I've been there the past five years. <sighs> all right, all right. I'll make it up to you, I promise. Oh, <laughs> well, how could I refuse that? <laughs> so... so Oh, please, you first. <laughs> that was fucking adorable. I know. <laughs> Let me go freshen up. How about I just meet you outside the welcome center at that bench around 7.30? Mm, sure. Sounds lovely. See you in two and a half hours. <laughs> oh. Bye-bye. So I kiss him gently again and then I open up the door and sort of somewhat purposely but just a little bit gently uh, push him out into the hallway and then slam the door behind him. Um, so I close, I slam the door right away and then I open it up and I go, oh, Jeremy. <laughs> so lovely to see you. Oh, Elizabeth. Hello. I, I, I don't even know what I was doing. I don't know why I passed her office, but here I am. <laughs> Must have a yes. foggy brain. <laughs> oh, it's lovely to see you. Um, I was wondering uh, if you aren't doing anything tonight, uh, would you like to go to the mixer tonight with me? You know, funnily enough, I was going to ask you the same question. Did you? Yeah, that, that's so that's so odd. <laughs> that's amazing. I know. We're, we're like in simpatico. It's 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 uncanny, isn't it? I couldn't agree more. Uh, seven seven thirty, perhaps. Did you want to meet outside the student center? I was just going to say seven thirty. Perfect. <laughs> you are you're something else, Elizabeth. It's I I know. <laughs> I, I'm I'd be lying if I said I wasn't looking forward to tonight. <laughs> me as well you see him walk away and he kind of like really subtly just like itches at his neck as if like something is kind of like stinging him a little bit and he walks away <laughs> and she kind of like sighs because she's just like oh I have to do this <sighs> so she goes back in her office and she starts freshening up and kind of tidying up her office. Our camera then goes to black and opens up on Zach. So, Zach, uh, now that you have the weed plant and have met Johan, you've gone to registration and you've uh, figured out where your dorm is. So how would you like to spend the next little bit before the mixer? Cool. So, uh, first things first, uh, Zach is going to try to disguise the plant as like a person okay and a weekend that bernie's in <laughs> and just try to get that in his dorm yeah so you 100 percent have like a little weed man well it's a rather large weed man and you uh are are bringing it in and you see like one of the ras goes like hey man you and your roommate just make sure you guys find your room safe okay oh yeah uh, yeah, totally, man. Thanks, thanks for the tip. Hey, uh, do you know where room, uh, oh, shit, uh, 242 is? 
242, yeah, man. It's, uh, well, second floor, and then it's after 41. <laughs> See hey, you later, fucker. Cool. Bye. Whew. Okay. It's gonna walk <laughs> on up, open the door, shove the thing in. He'll, he'll just kind of, like, spend a few moments at his desk. Uh, he'll put away one of his two guitars just in the closet, okay. kind of out of sight. Um, and he'll get writing a revision to one of his songs. Cool. All of your band members follow you into your room. Hey, man, Crazy Digs! I love that! I think that this room is... Um a little lackluster for me. I mean, it's average as fuck, but it's not what what's in the room. It's what you what you do with the room, you know? Dude, I dig that. Yeah, man. Posters and shit and you know, we'll fill it with music. It'll be fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. So 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 why don't we say that you you kind of take this next little bit to to create your little music room space. Sweet. Awesome. So as each of our characters begins to settle in into their new home at Oakhurst College. The welcome mixer is just hours away, where faculty and students will gather together to meet for the first time and ring in this year as they have done for the past nearly 100 years at Oakhurst College at the beginning of a brand new fall semester. So our camera opens back up on the campus of Oakhurst. It has now turned dusk. As the sun goes down and turns the sky purple upon the campus, the old gas lamps that have long been retrofitted to electricity turn on and illuminate the entire campus. All of the gothic architecture and the shadows dance in the light as it's cast around. And our camera pans toward the treetops dorm. Kane, last we left you, you were getting a really nice suit. Yeah, he's definitely not used to wearing suits, but uh, he, he's trying to wear it as best as he can and get used to it. So we're just going to do a brief flashback. So your next door, next door neighbor looks at you and says, well, yes, let's see what I can get you. Come inside and brings you in and he shows you inside that he has a massive walk-in closet with suits and finery stretching as far as the eye can see. Ooh, ooh, okay, actually, no. He's gonna start to walk through this walk-in closet and he wants like a nice tweed jacket, some, something that's a little form-fitting and uh, a little itchy to the touch, but he likes it. Okay, yeah, <laughs> so you want something to itch in all the right places, little English country style, you know? Exactly. I think I have just the perfect thing. And he pulls out this dark brown tweed jacket with the elbow pads, of course. Um, and with that, he goes, no, 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 no. Hold on. I have the piece de résistance right here. And he shows you that they have... <laughs> he shows you that they have matching puffy pants, like <laughs> jockey pants. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. So they kind of puff up at the side and, of course, uh, sleek black leather boots. And he goes, well, you know, I don't want to sell you on the ensemble, but it's pretty Dude, sexy. Dude, I'm sold on the ensemble. I'm going to wear that shit so good. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you look like you're about to go to the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> That's the vibe that yes. you are sending out. And he actually even threw in one of the little horse whips. 
And he said, use it wisely. Oh my god, okay, perfect. And he gives it a little <laughs> crack of the whip, getting used to it. Yeah, so it, it's not exactly a whip, but it's it's like, you know, those those thin uh, sticks with just mm. that fatter uh, end on it. So it hurts just enough. Mm. Redhead is gonna love this. <laughs> you know what, man? I tell it between me and you. I enjoy it sometimes. Oh. <laughs> and that's all Kane has to say. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, so you know, if you fail on this redhead you're talking about, there's always brunettes. And he winks at you. Kane gives a sly smile back. He's like, I like you, Abel. So now flash forward back to the present where you're walking on campus during dusk, looking like a jockey. <laughs> <laughs> Kane's still wearing his aviators, for sure. He, he couldn't give up the aviators. This fucking look, man. <laughs> I tell you, this look is a mood. Big time. So, as you begin to make your way towards the clock tower, you can see, growing in the distance, there is a fairly large-sized mansion. And there's a sign in front of it that says, Oakhurst College Welcome Center. And below that is a much prettier, more happy sign that says, Welcome to the Social Mixer! Please don't be lame. Please don't be lame. And he kind of breathes into his hand. <laughs> Perfect. And he's going to strut right in. So yeah, you strut into the party. And on that note, our camera is going to fade over to Iris. Okay. Now, Iris, last we left you, you were working at the coffee shop. I was. I mean, can you call it work? I don't know, but I was doing something. <laughs> so why don't you let us know how the last few hours of your shift went? I think what happened was Josh, oh Josh, did a lot of the work <laughs> for Iris. She took orders and told him the orders, even though he could clearly hear the orders from where he was. And I think Josh may have tried to explain how to make some of the drinks. Eric, if you agree. Oh yeah, So for she's sure. not completely helpless. I think he kind of realized, okay, I got to try to teach this girl something. So she just, she did her thing. She learned a couple, how to make a couple drinks. She took a couple orders and she chatted Josh's ear off. So let's uh, solidify this. Sure. I want you to pick two drinks that you now know how to make. I think it would have been the first two drinks that she took orders for, the, <laughs> which maybe aren't the best ones to do. But yeah, hot chocolate and the skinny latte. Still doesn't know how to make actually just coffee. Just those two. Great. So your last customer comes up to you and says, Oh, excuse me. I'll have a raspberry espresso. Hi, I'm Iris. Sure, you can. Josh? <laughs> yeah. Um, this woman wants something with raspberries. I'm sorry, what did you say? A raspberry espresso. Uh, Josh, a raspberry yeah, espresso, please. Wait, a raspberry espresso? I, oh, I, uh... Iris, I, I I don't know how to do that. What? Josh, are you serious? Uh, I mean, how can hard, Josh, how hard can it be? We just have to find some raspberries and um, some coffee beans, right? Um, yeah, but then you have to know how to work the espresso machine and look at that monstrosity! And he points at this massive metal hunk that just... Kind of scary. Um, ma'am? Yeah. Hi. I am so, so sorry, but we don't know how to make that. You don't know how to make a raspberry espresso? No, if you want to show us, you're more than welcome to. You want me to show you how to make a raspberry espresso? Yeah, if you want to. If not, you um... You want 
me to pay you for me to show you how to make a raspberry espresso? Um, I mean, if you want to. If not, would you like a hot chocolate or uh, something with skinny, skinny drink? Um, are you implying that I need to drink a skinny drink? No, no, Josh, Josh, what's that drink called? What's the one that the first person told me how to do? Excuse me, miss, I don't know yes? what your name is. Iris. But you are not very nice. What? You heard me. You are just plain rude, and I'm going to complain to your manager about you. <laughs> oh, ma'am. Oh, you're giving me all the feels right now. Josh, what does it mean when you feel like you want to, um... Like, when you just feel this this rage inside your soul that you don't know what to do with it. Josh, what's that called? Pretty sure it's called rage. That would be, oh, I don't like that one. Ooh, I don't like how this feels. Um, ma'am, are you sure we can't do something for you? Because um, I don't like this feeling right now. Why, actually, yes, there is something you could do. Sure. You could get me a raspberry mm. latte. Ma'am. Josh, I need to go for a walk right now. And she just leaves. <laughs> You hear her whisper as you pass by her. <clears throat> you stuck up, bitch. <laughs> uh, Iris stops dead and turns around to her and says, Ma'am, I, can you please just, please promise me that you won't say that word to me because that word, I don't like how that sounds. She takes a step forward and goes, what word, bitch? Um, oh dear. Iris is going to walk over to the cutlery and take and take and take um, a fork and she just holds it in her hand and says, I asked you to promise me not to call me that. Holy shit. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's, uh, let's roll shut someone down. With my negative one. Sure. Ooh. That's a five. (laughs) She takes the plastic fork out of your hand, breaks it in half and drops it and says, I am a reviewer for coffee shops all around New England. (laughs) And you will be hearing from me in my report. And she turns around and storms out of the building. (laughs) So now you have a condition. Now this condition won't really get into effect really bad until the article actually comes out. But you have a condition and it is unhirable (laughs) Josh yeah Iris and when you turn around to see him uh, you notice that he's actually rearranged pretty much all of the coffee shop and has cleaned it he's just made himself a regular employee (sighs) Josh is it almost 8 o'clock because I feel like I need to go for a run or something because I have so many feelings right now and I don't know what to do with them oh yeah well it's uh uh, 7.45, so I mean, if you want to go, I can just stay and clean up if you want. <sighs> no, 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 I should stay. I should stay. It's my first shift, and poor, poor, oh God, what was his name? Bob? Was that his name? Is that what the name of the coffee shop's called? Um, Boom! The door flies open, and you see Coffee Bob standing there with an oxygen tank. <laughs> Did everything go oh, well today? Everything went... Bob? Oh, who the hell are you? And he looks at Josh. <laughs> This is Josh. He helped me make um, hot chocolate and a skinny latte. Yeah, hi, Josh. Nice to meet you. Am I getting paid for today or what? (gasps) Oh, Josh. And she goes over and she says, 
Josh, you were great today. Thank you so much for your help. I have money. I can give you some money. I can pay you. You helped me. You were very kind. She takes a, a giant ball of money from inside her overalls and just grabs like two, I'm going to say two fifties and hands it to him and puts the ball. And she said, is that enough? Uh, you know, that is actually the perfect amount. Hey, Josh, if I need help learning how to make more drinks on my next shift, Bob, when, when do I come to work next? Uh, yeah, we got you down for two days from now, Iris. We got a pretty big catering event this evening. <gasps> so, uh, that's all covered and I'm just gonna close down tomorrow. So, two days, two days. Josh, do you think you can come in and show me how to make real coffee in two days? Sure. Uh, why don't we just meet tomorrow? If he's going to close down, we can have the place to ourselves and try some coffees out. <laughs> Ooh, like a real training. Sure, but isn't he supposed to train you? I don't know. He looks like he's about to die all the time, so I don't really want to ask him. And she picks up some coffee beans. And she's like, I really want to know what you do with these. Where did you grow up? I grew up in the forest. Huh. I should go get ready for the party now. No, for sure. Yeah, go ahead. I want to organize a bit more. I'm just getting in a flow and I got a good system. So just give me a sec. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess I work here. Coffee Bob hasn't said anything. Hey, you're wearing the apron. We're twinsies. We work here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, I'm going to my first party. I'm so excited. And she starts going towards the door. It's a mixer. Remember, it sucks ass. It's going to be fun. It's a party. And she closes the door. So you head back through the forest back to Oakhurst College. Um, the clock is nearing 8 p.m. as you near the campus. On the way, she's picking up, well, no, she's asking the flowers if she can take some of, well, the plants, if she can take some of their flowers so she can stick some more new ones in her hair so she looks nice for the party. Oh, but of course, sweet lady, says a little, like, flower tree. <laughs> so much these are beautiful they're gonna make me look great for the party and she starts putting them in her hair you look ravishing my dear just remember if he's feeling spunky wrap his monkey oh my god i love i love monkeys <laughs> monkeys are the best but really i just want to dance with someone i want to dance with someone cute and stare lovingly into his eyes and see where it goes from there. Maybe invite him back to my hot tub. Who knows? Just remember that hot tub sex can lead to UTIs, says the plant in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> Iris nods knowingly, even though she has no idea what that means, and then just starts heading back to campus. So you exit the forest and you are now facing the clock tower. And as the clock tower begins to chime, you get closer and you see a fairly large sized mansion kind of sitting underneath it. And there's a sign that says Oakhurst Welcome Center and a sign underneath that says, welcome to the social mixer. She says, thank you, happy to be here and runs in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're now going to pan over to Zach. So Zach, last we left you, you were at your dorm and you were kind of retrofitting it from this rather plain room to some sort of sound studio slash uh, jam room. So why don't you tell us how that uh, all played out? So uh, Zach has been filling his room with all sorts of uh, just random band merch that he's collected over the years. He's got his like collection of pins his entire wardrobe is just band tees and uh, like chains and shit. 
It's got tons of accessories, all of its like merch and stuff. There's no soundproofing. He doesn't believe in that shit. Uh, there's like a keyboard in the corner that he never uses, except to like sometimes pretend that he knows how to play the piano. That's about it. Your bandmate Travis is sitting next to you, and as he's taking a long drag of a joint, he uh, exhales and goes, Man, this room is like crazy! I'm vibing it so hard! So what's next? All right, so um, we got a little plan for uh, for the, the little song tonight. <laughs> yeah, man! I'm thinking that we take our instruments and show those box squad douchebags who's boss! I think we have just the tunes to, to bring the, you know? At that point, Brian comes back in and says, Um, so I was gone for like two hours, so thanks for anyone who noticed that little tidbit. Secondly, I looked up the box squad in the library, and I have to say, they're a pretty big deal. And he pulls out this little case file that he's brought that is filled with all these newspaper clippings, things like that, of the Box Squad, specifically about Johann von Boss and how he is regarded as the greatest classical music prodigy of the modern age. Holy shit, dude. These guys are fucking lame. What even is a Kiwanis? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. We're gonna have to go nuclear on these fucks. Hey, Alexis. Hey, sweetie, darling, baby. Uh, I kind of need a bit of a favor from you. You think you could... think you could... And he flips his hair all nice and looks her right in the eyes and says, Do me a little favor. She takes a drag of the joint, passes it off, and leans in. Uh, listen. You know, behind that leader hose, and I think some of those bandmates could, could really use a, a feminine touch, if you know what I mean. As she leans in, a large grin kind of pates across her face. Why don't you see if you can, uh, you know, see where they hang out, maybe get one all alone, kind of hot and bothered, and, well, we'll just see if he shows up to the, the little battle of the bands, you know what I'm saying? Her grin gets really big. Uh, she clearly understands what you mean. And she takes one of the articles with the box squad, rips it, and puts some weed in it, and rolls a joint out of that picture. And she strikes a match, and she inhales. Oh yeah, he's gonna fucking hit that shit too. <laughs> and as she passes it off to you, you notice that just under the burn section, there is the smallest member of the box squad. He's standing at the back, behind Johan and his other two fellow musicians, uh, kind of looking at the ground, very looking uh, timid and she just gently taps that picture of him with her finger, winks at you, and passes you the joint. Uh, now, can I spend a string? Yes, you can. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. How would you like to pull your string? I guess I'll, I'll use my string to, to tempt uh, Alexa to do something that I want her to do. So you spend a string on an NPC, so you can add roll to your one against them, add three to your manipulate, cause them to falter, hesitate, or freeze up, add an extra harm, or place a condition on them. Uh, I guess I'm add three to a manipulate a person roll? Yeah, that sounds good to me. So why don't you roll for manipulate someone? That's that's hot, right? Yes, it is. Sweet. Uh, that's 12. Oh, yeah, complete success. So she yeah. just stays leaning in, waiting for your instructions. Cool. Uh, listen, so I want you to, to get that guy. I want you to, you know, kind of turn on your charm. I know you've got it. You, you've got it in you. You're like, you're special, you know? Cool. 
Uh, and then, I want you to get him nice and naked, and we're gonna tie him up. We're just gonna tie him up, bring him to this room, and we're just gonna leave him here. Fuck that guy. Wow. <laughs> Diabolical. So she <laughs> leans in, smiles, and says really quietly, Sweet. And she gets up and runs out of the room. And you hear Travis just hacking up a lung going, Oh, <coughs> oh man! Man, it's almost like 8 o'clock! We gotta get going to the mixer! <laughs> All this reaper's kicking my ass! <laughs> Alright, man. Let's, uh, yeah, let's grab our stuff and get ready to rock as he tightens his headband a little bit. So before we move on, I just want to quickly talk about your dorm, Zach. So you are the only one that is at the trunk dorm. So that's the kind of middle of all the three dorms. Uh, so it's just the most plain room. You know, it's not dirty, it's not clean, it's not beautiful, it's not ugly. It's just right down, middle of the line kind of thing. So you and your compatriots, except Alexis, all head out into the evening. And as you get there, you see this big mansion and you see that there is a sign that says Welcome Center and under it says, Welcome to the Social Mixer! <laughs> so dude, are you like ready to party? Dude, I'm always ready to party. Let's fucking do this. So Evelyn, how have you been uh, getting ready just before you head out? So she's just been getting ready in her room. She's got her favorite dress on. She has... Um, braided her hair in this elaborate braid, um, kind of like one of those crown braids that goes all around her head. <sighs> okay, Evelyn, this is your first big party. Nick invited you. This is going to be fantastic. You're probably going to dance and don't say anything stupid. Don't embarrass yourself. It's going to be great. Meow. <laughs> Hi, Whiskers. Thank you. I think I look nice too. And she gives Whiskers a couple Meow. more pets. And Whiskers, of course, returns the favor and licks you. And you swear that there is a slight hair out of place. And Whiskers actually licks that hair and just boop, fixes it right back in place for you and curls back around. Thank you, Whiskers. Meow. <laughs> and she runs off you and runs in the corner, pees on the floor, and then goes in your bed. <sighs> okay, please stay out of trouble. I've got to go. I'll be back in a little bit. Meow. Okay, bye. And I close the door to my room and I check um, the protection spell I put on my room to make sure nobody can break into it. Yeah, it seems strong. She like starts running as quickly as she can out of the dorm to get to the party. Wonderful. So you make really good time and you are standing right in front of the entrance doors as the clock tower chimes eight o'clock. Okay, here we go. Let's see what happens. Dr. Egan. Okay, so I have been in my lab working away, and uh, and she uh, gets caught up. She's just so in, kind of in, uh, engrossed in her research that she forgets to check time. And she looks at the clock, and it is 7.40. And she's like, Oh, bloody hell. And uh, she runs over. And the, the, the welcome center is not, uh, it's not too far away, right? Because it's just... Not it's, very, it's very far at all, no. Yeah, so I can make there make it there within five minutes. And oh, easily. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just, you know, kind of hoping, kind of not hoping, but kind of hoping that he's still there waiting outside for me. 
Yeah, so you get there and you find him exactly where he'd said he'd be. He was sitting on the bench and he's just staring up at one of the oak trees in front of the Welcome Center, just watching the birds in the tree. Okay, and I uh, come up to him and I sort of sit next to him on the bench and I, and I say, I'm so sorry. He holds your hand and he says, Honestly, I would have expected nothing less from Dr. Elizabeth Egan. Oh. Work first, right? And he smiles at you. <laughs> <laughs> and I give him a little peck on the cheek. Whoa, hey, watch out. The students are watching. You don't want them to gossip. <laughs> <laughs> so at that moment, Doctor, you get a very strange feeling. You all of a sudden feel like you are being watched. You can feel eyes on you, but this is something not natural. It feels strange. She says, do, do you feel that? It's like a a bit, bit of a chill. Uh, no, no, I, <laughs> I can't say I do. <laughs> As that's happening, you hear a sound kind of cascading towards you, and it's almost like this clacking of a cane, kind of echoing much louder than it should be echoing across the campus. And as you turn to see what the sound is, you see a tall man, a tall old man with white hair and a white beard. Uh, and he walks by you in this lovely midnight blue suit. And he has a cane made of obsidian with a bone handle. And he strolls by you and it looks like he's staring right at you as this clack becomes louder and louder and louder. And he is now within five feet of you. And finally, as his head swivels around to keep you in sight, he gives you a bit of a, you know, head tilt and turns back around and briskly walks on inside the mansion. Do you know who that is? Who? The gentleman that just passed by. Uh, I, I didn't see <laughs> anyone pass by. Uh, sorry, I was, uh, sometimes I... I... When I've been working in the lab too long, I, I, I start to hallucinate. <laughs> uh, perhaps we should go into the party. Sure, maybe I could buy you a drink. You look really thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So, okay, on that note, you make your way into the party. You enter the Welcome Center mm -hmm. mansion. And what you see is, you know, uh, you're used to this, obviously, Elizabeth, but it's a three-story foyer uh, with this kind of large stair that kind of grows out of it. And there's a banner uh, that says, welcome to the mixer. And there's some music and, you know, there's, the, the turnout's not great. You know, probably about 30 staff, like 30, 40 students, pretty small. And uh, just behind you, a group of 10 students come bursting in and they all smell like pot. And they just come bursting in and fly by. And um, at the desk in front, is a blonde student. Uh, he's just a small blonde student. He's sitting there and he's like, oh, hello. Uh, welcome to the social mixer. Uh, I just want to take all your information and get your ID and give you the stamp so you can drink. <laughs> uh, yes, of course. Um, here you go. And you are welcomed into the mixer. So now I'm going to kind of address everyone since you're all here now. So what you all see is a three-story foyer, uh, foyer. So the main floor and then two above it with this central stairway kind of coming up at the back of the room and then wrapping around of each of the two floors above it. And uh, this is a pretty big foyer welcome center. And just through across straight through just near the stairs, there's a little ante room where the bar is. And you see a sign that says uh, library and bathroom. And, and that's pretty much what you can see right now. So Iris, 
Yep. So, Iris, you have already gotten past the the little blonde gatekeeper. Uh, He has already stamped you. Is there music? Yes, there is music. There is music in terms of it's pre-recorded. It's not live. Uh, It's kind of playing from speakers that are now sitting on an empty main stage at the front. From what she knows about humans, young humans, she wants to grab a drink and start dancing immediately. Okay, so you go to the bar and the bartender goes... Hey, so, what do you have? Oh, um, what's good? Well, we do have a few specials tonight. We got something that's a little bit like a old-fashioned. It's called a welcome fashion, you know, <laughs> just because it's the welcome mixer. <laughs> I guess I could have called it a mixer fashion, but... Oh, you know, I'd I... love something welcoming and yummy. Yes, please. You want to make it a double? Oh, is that better? It's always better. Oh, then yes. Please. <laughs> All right. So now you have a double old fashioned. So uh, she's going to take a sip and head to the dance floor. Is anybody on the dance floor? Nobody is dancing. Oh, it's fine. She's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so as you're just breaking it down, um, I don't know if you can see this or not, depending if you're focusing on dancing, but the group uh, kind of around you, people are slowly starting to back away as you claim more and more space while dancing. And that's going to bring us right to Steph. Steph, what you see as Evelyn is a young, attractive student just dancing around as people are slowly moving away from her. Her eyes are shut and she's just into the music. <laughs> So, Evelyn, when you arrived, what did you do first? I think the first thing she probably did was look around the room to see if she sees Nick at all. As you've looked, you actually have not seen Nick yet. Uh, Really, nothing about this party has been of mention at all, except this woman who has now just started to kind of breakdance in the middle of the room. That's really the only thing of note. So what do you do now? Evelyn kind of smiles at her and... um walks over to get a drink awesome so you make your way to the bartender and he goes hey how you doing what can i get you huh do you have uh rosé finest rosé this side of the mississippi here you go and pours you some rosé now as soon as that happens you hear a dish fall uh iris has bumped into one of the serving gentlemen and has spilled all of the food on the ground and as you turn around to see what's going on And you turn back when you hear your glass hit the table, but you're looking at a different server. You're looking at a much older man with dark skin complexion and white hair and white facial hair and wireframe glasses and a midnight blue suit. And he just stares at you very inquisitively. You weren't the person who was just here. He stares at you silently. Who are you? You feel a tap on your shoulder. She kind of startles a little bit and turns around. Oh, uh, sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to startle you. You're looking at me. Oh, uh, that, that's okay. And ma'am, here is your drink, says the bartender, who's now back to the original bartender. Evelyn's definitely shaking a little bit, and she said, oh, thank you. I'm so sorry. I should have gotten you a drink. I, I, I got really nervous, so I, I did another lap or two around the building before I came in. I'm sorry. That's oh, really oh, embarrassing. No Come on, Nick. Don't say that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And no, I, I'm completely fine with getting my own drink. I, I didn't expect you to get me a drink or anything. How was your library shift? <laughs> um, you know what? It was pretty uneventful for the most part, other than the girl I work with. Yeah, she seems uh, like a hard ringing. ass. Yeah, yeah. She wrung out this rag of coffee 
water that I had mopped up all over my shoes. But after that, everything went much smoother. Hey, do you want to maybe go exploring around this mansion? You know, apparently, you know, they, they keep most of it open and it, it's really beautiful. There's a lot of really cool rooms and, and, and history and, and stories to it and, and antiques. And I, I'd love to show you around. Oh, that would be great. I mean, I'm sure you've been in this building a lot, so you probably know all the stories. <laughs> yeah, well, there actually is, is this one room I, I'd love to show you. It's my favorite room. It's it's called the painting room, and it's just filled with the most incredible oh, paintings. Wow. I just love looking at it. It's it's lovely. Uh, sure, that, that sounds great. Great. I, I'd love to show you it. Please, follow me. And he leads you towards the painting room. And Kane. Yeah. So, you have now entered the Welcome Mixer as well. Uh, when you walk in, you see a woman literally spinning on the floor in a circle and the whole crowd just shrieking and moving around. Uh, there's also a plate scattered there. You can tell she's knocked over a plate. Oh, my God. Yes. So you now have gone to the blonde welcome student. He goes, well, hi there. How's it going? Hi. I, uh, I'm here for the mixer. It's looking a lot better than the previous years. Or so I've heard. Rather. Yeah. Just give me your hand and I'll stay up to make sure you can drink. <laughs> oh, uh... Uh, he quickly pulls his hand away before she gets the chance. He says, it's okay, I I actually don't drink. And he begins to walk through. He walks around the dance floor, and he kind of wants to join, but he, he doesn't feel that ready yet. <laughs> he, he failed his first impression with people. He wants to try and make a better one this time around. So he's going to be walking around looking specifically for the red-headed, freckled girl that talked to him and kind of gave him the time of day earlier. Yeah, you really don't have to wait long. You hear, hey, Citizen Kane! <laughs> hey, strawberry shortcake! And uh, he just kind of wipes his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's actually not bad. Thanks. I'm trying to be a little more honest. So you finally decided to show up, huh? Yep, here I am. Listen, they have a screening room downstairs. If, you know, maybe you want to join me and watch a movie or something. I would love nothing more. Lead the way. Let's go, Tiger. So as she leads you by the hand, you actually make your way down the hallway and you bump into someone as you're walking uh, pretty hard, actually. And you turn around and you see that you're looking at an older man with dark skin and a white beard and an obsidian cane with a bone handle and this gorgeous midnight blue suit. And he kind of looks at you and smiles and uh, pats you on your clothes and walks away. Sorry about that, boss. He smiles and simply turns around and walks away as he pats you on the shoulder. When he pats you on the shoulder, you just get this searing pain in the back of your neck and you hear coming from inside your head. And after a moment, the redheaded girl goes, hey, is uh, everything okay there, Tiger? You just kind of went away for a second. I just bumped into an, an old man. Did, did you not just see that? What? No. She looks around and says, uh, nope, no old man. Sorry, I, uh, had a couple of brews at home before I came here. I'm just getting a little sidetracked. Uh, please lead the way, lead the way. Hey, maybe you just need to relax. So, as she takes her hand again and leads you downstairs to the screening room, you can just hear the beginnings of the microphone turning on and the dean going, Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Welcome Mixer. I'm Dean Don." And he kind of goes away uh, as you head downstairs. Now, for everyone else, you hear the Dean's speech. And he goes, welcome, everyone, and thank you all for coming. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Now, 
We're not going to lie. Ever since Alpha Sigma Sigma made their all-you-can-drink beer night on the same night as our welcome mixer, attendance has been kind of weird. But thank you so much for proving that this is the better party. <laughs> There's a ruckus amongst the students, and you hear them go, Whoa, free beer! Fuck yeah! And they all just oh, start to no. leave. So literally 25 <laughs> students leave. There's probably only 40, maybe a little bit more people in this entire event now. And the dean just throws his head down and puts his head in his hands, and you hear him go, and I have to say it and the board of directors is here what are they gonna say uh I mean everything is totally fine there's no problems at all uh we're just gonna um I just need to call the band and make sure that everything's okay because apparently one of them got held at the border for light treason so we're just trying to make sure that everything's okay and 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 nobody's gonna panic <laughs> at all okay so just grab a drink and have fun okay just have fun <laughs> and he blasts the music again and runs off the stage and as he's running off he actually crosses directly <laughs> in the path of zach uh zach is going to give a look to brian like you know what you got to do like follow that guy see what's up yeah sure of course not like i have anything better to do okay and he walks away and as he does you hear from behind you oh Look who it is! <laughs> and you hear the cacophony of German giggles joining them. And they're quickly stopped. And of course, behind you, standing with his posse of three other musicians in very sassy poses, each of them is none other than Johann von Boss and the Box Squad. Hey, dude, you know, I, I finally remember where I remember you from. That is an excellent Uter uh, from The Simpsons cosplay, dude. I'm loving it. Wow. <laughs> you Americans and your stupid jokes. <laughs> what you think? You're so funny. Hmm. I would like to see you talk with your music, you stupid inadequate musician. <laughs> and of course, his posse joins in laughing. Yeah, yeah, let's just, uh, yeah, I'll just get my, my bandmates together and yeah, why don't you play first? Well, I'm sure mine will, mine will show up. It's fine. Oh, please, you think that you can do? And at that moment, the dean has actually been overhearing your conversation. The dean squeezes in and goes, Hi, how you doing, dean of students? Nice to meet you. I just couldn't help but overhearing your little musical feud. I think that's really great. Love that for your characters, by the way. Really fun. But if you wouldn't mind, could you possibly turn your musical feud maybe into an actual show? It turns out that the musician from the other band did, in fact, get charged with light treaties it was actually heavy treason apparently selling arms to any foreign government is very illegal so you know now you know <laughs> but uh you know could possibly maybe you know one of you fine musicians um save the day huh <laughs> please what's it pay my eternal gratitude okay but like in cash i can give you lunch vouchers tell you what yeah we'll, we'll play for you but but, like, I'd, I'd like, uh, possibly be on the Dean's list or be, be seen as somebody who could possibly be there. You think you could make that happen for me? If you play well, yeah, you got yourself a deal. Sweet, shake on it. And he's about to shake your hand and he stops and he looks at Johan and he goes, unless you fine musicians have something better to offer. And Johan goes, oh, I wouldn't play for you if your stupid mother's life depended on it. Oh. Wow. wow, what a dick. Oh my God. 
How could you say that, Johan? Fuck you, Hawk! Box Squad out, bitches! Let's go! And, of course, they all laugh again, and each of them kind of pushes past the crowd, flipping over server trays. Except you notice <laughs> that the last one isn't as animated as the others. And now you're alone with the demon. Hey, my name's Zach. What's yours? Oh, well, I'm the Dean of Students, of course. I am oh, Dean Don. Uh, Don Dean is my name, so Dean <laughs> Don Dean. <laughs> That's it, Dean Don Dean. Dude, your name just gets cooler and cooler. You know what? You should get, like, a doorbell named after you, you know? Like, Dean Don Dean. <laughs> but in all seriousness, get your butt on the stage and get your band ready to play the inaugural dance song because we have to have an inaugural dance. It's happened every single year, as I'm told, every single year. And if we don't have it, this thing is literally ruined and this is not going to get ruined on my watch, okay? So just make sure it's something, you know, slow and romantic, but peppy and fun, okay? Great, thanks. And he turns to his bosses and he goes, hey, who wants to hear about how I'm a problem solver? And runs away from you. Uh, Zach's going to look around for the rest of the other half of his band. Yeah, so you see that Travis is still there. He's been next to you the whole time. And he goes, well, man, I guess we have to, like, play this huge gig. And Brian comes to you and Brian says, um, yeah, so it turns out that he was actually hell for light trees. And I, mm. Yeah, major trees. And we were there, Brian. Fucking get with the picture, okay? <laughs> God. <laughs> okay, where's your fucking bass? Pick the thing up. We're, we're going to play now. Okay. He's kind of, like, stalling for time, hoping that Alexa somehow comes yeah so because you're going to be spending the time getting ready anyway we'll just say that by the time you're ready to go uh, alexis will have arrived again so as you're getting ready she actually arrives and she pulls up to you and whispers in your ear i have made initial contact so things are going to get weird after we play <laughs> so as you begin to get your equipment ready we're going to go to dr yes. egan dr egan you are the last one to show up to the party with dr jeremy brenner and as you arrive you see the party is in pretty much full swing and the dean actually runs by you on his way to some of the board members and he stops and he goes doctor doctor <laughs> so did you hear i found a brand new person to sing the inaugural song and it's going off without a hitch no way treason is not going to beat me today not this time it's happened too much <laughs> okay and he kind of runs off to join his superiors she kind of looks over at uh, Dr. Renner and, and just kind of shrugs like, what the heck is going on? He's wound like a yo-yo. <sighs> Indeed. Uh, Jeremy, darling, be a dear and you get me a glass of wine? Sure thing, Elizabeth. Red or white? Uh, red, of course. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so he kind of runs his finger down the small of your back as he leaves to go get you some wine. Okay, so what she's going to do is she wants to see if she can find that gentleman she passed by because there was something, you know, got her spidey sense going and uh, she needs to figure out who this person was. So she kind of uh, strolls around the room and um, does she see him? Does she see any indication of him at all? Not right now. No, you actually don't. I guess she's going to uh, head back to meet up with Jeremy and get her wine. Then. So as you go to find Dr. Jeremy Renner, you hear a voice from behind you say, Dr. Egan, I presume. Yes. And behind you, you see a short, bald man with a long moustache. And he kind of uh, gives you a little tilt on the head and says, Dr. Egan, I am a representative of my employer. And I must say they are very interested in perhaps investing. We have heard quite a lot about your 
research. Oh, did you? What have you heard? Well, we know that you are very close to making, shall we say, all transfusions universal across all blood types. Yes, I'm actually making some quite great strides in my research. And he says, oh, I'm afraid that goes all over my head. I am just a humble Irishman myself. <laughs> no, but I do represent an employer who is very interested in your work. Um, well, they are interested in offering you upwards of a million dollars for all of your research. What is the name of your employer? It's with all due respect, the do's wish to remain private for now. He is a very secretive man. I'm sure you understand. But do not mistake me. He does take your work very seriously. Very seriously. So what do you propose? A meeting? Uh... He hands you a business card that has a number and an address. And that's it. Oh. And he says, why don't you send any information that you're comfortable with available to this address and give us a call when you're ready to meet? I don't quite feel comfortable sharing my research. I would need to come along with it. My employer did suspect that you would say that. We want to give you something as a token of our appreciation, Dr. Egan. Something to show you that we see great promise in you. And he really discreetly hands you an envelope, as if he's trying to, you know, secretly extend like a handshake. And she pauses for a moment, and then she reaches out and takes it and opens it up. And inside is a check for $30,000. Well, how about this? I will think about it. I will, of course, hang on to this little check, and if I am interested in it, I will call this number. Very good, Dr. Egan. It was beyond an honor to meet someone as esteemed and accomplished as yourself. And he turns around and oh. walks out of the party. Who the heck was that? <laughs> Sorry, uh, Jeremy. Yeah, here's your wine. Uh, thank you. The strangest thing happened to me just now. I met the... But you did see him this time, didn't you? The, this man? Oh, yes. The, the uh, short Irish guy. I'm pretty sure that's what that accent was. The, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Um, always want to check to make sure I'm not hallucinating again. Um, he asked for me to send my work to this number... And he gave me this check. Huh. Mm. So odd. Well, yeah. anyways, cheers to new opportunities and great research. Indeed. Cheers. Mm. And with that, the camera pans back towards Evelyn. So, Evelyn, you are now in the painting room. And this painting room, you see that the kind of centerpiece of this room are five main paintings that are hung equidistant around the room. And they're all these incredible, beautifully framed landscapes. And you can see the East Coast on one, and you can see the desert, and you can see a prairie. Uh, and there's kind of these smaller paintings all scattered around as well, almost looking like uh, a painting class, a painting studio. And Nick looks at you and says, isn't it beautiful? I, I love it here. <laughs> They're beautiful. Hey, do you mind if I ask you a question? Uh, sure. What is it? I am at the library a lot. And, and I, you know, obviously see you there. And and you always have people visiting you. So I, I just wonder, why do so many people visit you at work? Like, you know, all the time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 
I, I don't know. I guess people just feel that I'm really helpful, I guess. Evelyn, you strike me as a very mysterious person. I feel like you have a lot of secrets. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess you could say that. Gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm bad at small talk. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm not very good at it either. Oh, Anyways, he crosses over to one of the paintings, and it's a it's a desert painting. And he looks at it, and he goes, "I love this painting. You know, it just it just makes me think of total peace and quiet. It's incredible." Yeah, I can see why you like it, though. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It really draws you in. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And he leans in when he faces you and he leans in for a kiss and just before you kiss you hear the dean say hello everyone you hear him through the other room we are all ready we finally found another band to get ready so grab your loved ones and get your bus to the dance floor okay it's love time <laughs> and he just kind of giggles and rests his chin on your forehead and Aww. says do you want to go dance i would love that <laughs> and he takes your hand and leads you to the foyer for you to take part in the couple's dance. Kane. Oh boy. Kane, you have made your way <laughs> down to the screening room with the redheaded girl who you still don't know her name. I, I know. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking about that. And I'm like, man, I really need to get on top of that. <laughs> so you enter this lovely basement screening room and she goes, well, here it is. Apparently the old president of Oakhurst, the first one, huge cinephile. So they built this for him. So, well, are there any movies lying around that we might be able to pop in and take a gander at? Oh boy, I'm one step ahead of you. And she presses the button next to the door and a projector pops out of the back and turns on and Citizen Kane begins to play. (laughs) Okay. Oh man. (laughs) So here's a Kane he's like fuck this fucking movie i hate this so much (laughs) he he kind of closes his eyes for a moment and i'm gonna use one of my bargains it's called strings attached you can ask the dark power for something that you really really want the uh, the mc will attach a price to the thing you want and hint at an undesired twist in his nature if you pay the price you'll get what you're after kane kind of closes his eyes for a second he tries to tune into that sort of itch at the back of his head that occurs and he just thinks Please, tell me something useful about Citizen Kane. (laughs) For the Uh, fucking love of God. So you kind of close your eyes and focus in, and you hear, Orson Welles, as your neck tingles a little bit. (laughs) I'm like, okay, okay, keep talking, keep talking. But like, I feel like this is happening in real time, so he's kind of just standing there with his eyes closed. Yeah, <laughs> as you've been standing there, you just hear, hey, crazy boy. Yep, sorry, I was just, uh... and he, he just sits down. <laughs> I didn't catch your name. Oh, well, aren't you a romantic? Zelda, Zelda Ivanwald. Zelda Ivanwald. I wasn't sure if you were one of those mysterious, uh, I believe they're called uh, femme fatalities. <laughs> well, I guess in the category of things, I'm more of a manic pixie dream girl, but I don't really do labels. And she blows another bubble with her gum. Oh, you definitely have me manic where I'm sitting. 
<laughs> oh my god, you are so fucking corny. And as she says that and laughs, she actually walks up to you and uh, sits next to you and just plants a giant kiss on you. Orson, well, 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 what do we have here? <laughs> <laughs> and then after probably a moment of silence he says i'll just shut up (laughs) you're such a dork and again she leans in and starts kissing you and she pulls you closer and uh you start kind of running hands up and down (laughs) okay so if she's your neck does start to tingle a little if she's making if she's making out with me, that's actually interesting because one of my things is like I, I'm a dark. I chose the dark recruiter, so when I bring an innocent soul to the dark power, I mark experience. So I chose, and it kind of leaves it up to the player of what that means. So what I chose as bringing someone to the dark power was just getting someone to make out with me. Fucking god, that's so dark. Okay, so you start making out again. Right, it gets like deeper and hotter. Um, you're definitely on second base now. You're getting all handsy and shit. And she pulls away and she kind of smiles and uh, she begins to kind of kiss down your neck. And as that happens, the back of your neck begins to itch, and that itch turns into just this merciless scratch. And you hear, and all of a sudden as you're consumed with this sound you don't even realize that that sound in your head has actually turned into a sound in the room and it's zelda screaming and the next thing you realize is that zelda is now reeled back and she's holding her her shoulder you've actually oh my dug God. your claw oh, I, into her shoulder and I, she looks at you and terrified she says you fucking freak oh my God. I, I'm, I'm sorry i just I, I i'm not sure what happened there i i i I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. Are you, are you okay? Leave are me you... alone! And she turns around and she runs upstairs. Holy fuck. And at fuck. that moment, you actually hear the Dean. Uh, of course, he's quieter because now the door is open. You can kind of hear him from the basement. He goes, hello, everyone. So we finally found fans. So please grab your loved ones and get your bus to the dance floor, okay? <laughs> I, uh... On that note, I, I'm really embarrassed and I'm not sure what the fuck just happened. So he's going to kind of bolt out of that room and try to find somewhere else in the party to kind of lay low. Yeah, you could definitely find an alone room back on the main floor. So do you want to maybe go back up there and explore uh, and find a room there? Yeah, sure. Wonderful. I'll okay, so you go back up there and now we're back to everyone else on the main floor. So that's going to bring us to Evelyn and to Nick and to Iris, and to Dr. Egan with Jeremy Renner. And the Dean is taking in the crowd, very excited that this is happening. Hello, everyone, and the board of directors. I just want to say welcome, and we finally found a band, so I hope you brought your dancing partners. Let's give a warm Oakhurst welcome to... Uh, he turns around and says, I'm sorry, what's the, uh, what's the name of the band again? What's the band? Zach is going to just fucking take the microphone, just <laughs> snatch it out of his hand. <laughs> Yeah, we're the fucking hive, and uh, this song is called Fuck Your Rules, and they're just gonna. One, two, three, four! (laughs) (laughs) Just like a face melting, like way too fucking hot guitar solo to start it it off. I know they said to fucking, like, you know, start with something uh, cushy cushy. But that's not gonna happen. 
This is just incredible. So you just start melting their faces off with this extreme rock solo. And it's so loud that the speakers just boom. And it actually booms the Dean off the stage. <laughs> and ah, boom, falls and hits the ground. And he gets up and he goes, oh, wow, this is a great song. I totally recommended it. Yep, this is what I asked for. Uh, isn't it great for the directors? And he runs off. So what does everyone else think of this, this loud music? I think it's a little too much for Iris's ears. Um, I think it's, it's she's so sensitive and I think this is not music she can dance to. So I think she covers her ears and she's like, what is happening? And she's gonna try to like run out of the room. Cool, cool. So this is all gonna happen quite quickly. So Iris, you kind of go to leave uh, and flee the loud noise. Zach, of course, you're still riffing on the stage. Nick mm -hmm. and Evelyn, you have arrived uh, in that main foyer area after that very misleading message about picking a loved one and coming to dance. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> Kane, you have been in kind of an antechamber room that you found mm -hmm. on the main floor for probably about one or two minutes now. Uh, what about you, Dr. Egan? Have you stayed yes. for the music? She just, it's too much for her, her senses as well. So she puts her, her wine glass down and she's kind of covering her ears and just has this very unpleasant expression on her face. You turn to the side and you see that Jeremy Renner is just loving yeah, oh, it. Oh, he totally is. <laughs> oh, he's like bobbing his head. He's like, yeah, rock and roll. This is awesome. And I'm just kind of like nodding at him. Just kind of, oh, yes, okay. <laughs> Zach. Now, even as you're playing and you're playing quite loud, um, even through that, even with that, it's a quick shadow and a sound, and you see this kind of shadow pass you, and you hear a brief, ah! And the whole room stops as a body has fallen from the top of the foyer onto the center of the room, and people start to gather around. They're going to stop the music. Okay. Um, Zach's going to, like, look over to Travis and be like, dude, I fucking did it. I blew a fucking mind. What do we do? <laughs> So as you're saying that, you hear someone shout, Oh my god, someone call a doctor now! And you hear screaming and, and panicking, and, and you can hear the Dean's voice over them all going, Oh my god, what? Oh no, there's been another murder! Oh, I'm gonna have to call the newspapers! What will the board say? Not again! <laughs> and as the, the group starts to panic, they start to come closer to the Holy scene. Holy shit. And now at this point, you notice that all the little cracks in the floor have started to kind of create these little pools of blood going all in different directions and as you all gather around the group you all see someone that you don't recognize a redhead of course Kane you do recognize her you are the only one and you're looking at the face of Zelda Ivanwald and there are some clearly marked stab wounds uh, five of them to be exact holy shit Oh, Kane turns ghostly white, and he, in his own mind, he's questioning, like, did you do this? Did you do this? As in asking um, the dark power, not not himself. <laughs> you feel your neck tingle, and you just hear, Thank you, Kane. And our camera pans out of the welcome center as it goes up the mansion to the very top of the clock tower as we see the toll strike 9 p.m. and our camera fades.
Hey there, thanks for listening. Tall Tale Theater Collective is proud to announce that we are expanding our podcast network to now feature two programs. We will continue to present our horror series, Night Terrors. Welcome to a world of thrills, threats, and terrors. Night Terrors is an anthology radio play podcast that will bring you face to face with your nightmares. Come listen, if you dare. Introducing our newest program, Fantasy Fantasia, which includes two RPG podcast campaigns. The first is Dungeons & Dragons, Legend of the Silver Flame. Experience laughs, suspense, and triumph with a motley crew of adventurers who could be the last hope against great evil, long thought to be vanquished. The second is Monster Hearts, Undergrad. Follow the tale of romance, mystery, desire, and murder as an unlikely bunch of mostly pubescent monsters navigate their social, academic, and supernatural lives at Oakhurst College. Listeners even get the chance to weigh in on the action of both campaigns. For more, visit our website at www.talltaletheater.com. Talltale Theater Collective. Grow with us.